Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome into your Wednesday, December 23rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Ton to get to in this episode as the picture is becoming more clear by the day. Later this afternoon, we should get the 2021 NHL schedule, which I cannot wait to see. Also in this episode, had a chance to catch up yesterday with Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault. You'll hear that conversation coming up and also a conversation with Flyers prospect and member of Team USA at the World Junior Hockey Championships, Bobby Brink. We'll hear from both Elaine Vigneault and Bobby Brink in this episode. Coming up on Monday's episode, we will not have an episode on Friday uh, in observance of Christmas and the holiday. Uh, we'll be back Monday and in that episode uh, just signed a new bridge contract with the Flyers. He was a restricted free agent. Phil Myers will join us coming up on Monday's episode. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know by now that I'm a big fan of the countdown clock. And here's the countdown clock now. 21 days. That's when the Flyers will start the 2021 NHL season. January 13th is the date. And the NHL today putting out uh, some more details on return to play and also a rule change. So before we get to Elaine Vigneault, the National Hockey League and the NHLPA has uh, announced today or yesterday that applicable medical protocols transition rules for the 2020-21 season, which include information relating to critical dates and the approval of a change to an NHL rule, rule number 83 regarding offsides. So we won't get into the logistics of the medical protocols, but the critical dates calendar has now been finalized. And the Flyers, as being one of the 24 teams that was in the original return to play, will report for training camp on January 3rd. They will have physicals on that day. They'll be on the ice January 4th, which is a Monday. January 13th is when the regular season will begin. April 12th will be the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern time on that day. May 8th will be the last day of the regular season, and the Stanley Cup playoffs will begin on May 11th. July 9th is the last possible day of the Stanley Cup final, and then the 17th of July will be the deadline for protection list for the expansion draft. Yeah, an expansion draft this summer to boot. Uh, the 21st will be the actual expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, July 23rd will be round one of the NHL draft, and rounds two through seven will be the following day on the 24th. The NHL would like to conduct that draft in person, not virtual, as they did this past season. But uh, obviously, we'll see how things stand at that point. And then uh, restricted free agent and unrestricted free agent signing period will begin at noon Eastern coming up on July 28th. Now, as for the rule change, beginning in this season, the 2020-2021 season, the regular season, a player's skate, this is Rule 83 regarding offsides, a player's skate will not have to be in contact with the blue line in order to be onside. The updated language for Rule 83.1 is as follows. 83.1 offside. Players of the attacking team must not precede the puck into the attacking zone. Chalk. Uh, the position of the player's skate and not that of his stick shall be the determining factor in all instances in deciding an offside. A player is offside when both skates are completely over the leading edge of the blue line involved in the play. Now here's the new part. A player is onside when either of his skates are in contact with the blue line or his own side of the line 
at the instant the puck completely crosses the leading edge of the blue line. On his own side of the line shall be defined by a plane of the blue line, which shall extend from the leading edge of the blue line upwards, essentially to the ceiling of the building. If a player skate has yet to break the plane prior to the puck crossing the the leading edge, he is deemed to be onside for the purposes of the offside rule. Now, before it was you had to have your skate on the ice in contact with the blue line. Now there's that imaginary line, that plane that goes to the ceiling, which makes a lot more sense. So another problem solved. Let's get right to the meat and potatoes. I had a chance to catch up with Flyers bench boss, Elaine Vigneault. He, like all of you, like myself, is elated the NHL is returning. And here's my conversation with the Flyers coach, Elaine Vigneault. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, it's been a while since we've spoken. Um, it's been a while since the NHL has played, but it's coming back. And the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers joins us now. Elaine, how are you? Good, real good. I guess I'm like our fans. I'm really excited to uh, getting back to work and getting some hockey going here. Yeah, that seems counterintuitive, right? For a lot of people that with jobs, they go, why are you chomping at the bit to get back to work? It's because we love the game, and we can't wait to get back and get it back on the ice. That's normal to us. Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, I think our group uh, has been waiting for – we knew we were going to play at some point. We've just been waiting for the for that go-ahead. And now that we've got the go-ahead, uh, most of the guys are in Philly right now uh, skating, and uh, we've got medicals on, on the 3rd of January, and we'll jump on the ice on the 4th season will start on the 13th so really looking forward to getting back at it elaine 106 days ago is what it is upon taping this interview since you guys last played that game seven versus the islanders i know you weren't happy with the result we talked about it when did you kind of turn the page and put that game in the rearview mirror but take the lessons learned with your group in that playoffs and plan accordingly for this season yeah you know it it took a little bit of time i mean uh you know we were you know win away from going to the final four and 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 who knows what can happen once you're there so uh but you know once you get the emotion uh take the emotion out of it and start looking back and analyzing uh we took a, a good step forward uh we've got a good group a very good mix of young players that uh uh, are, are improving and learning to be, you know, true professionals and, and want to make an impact, a daily impact uh, on this, on this group and uh, for this, this team. And we've got some good, good veteran leadership. So, you know, w- when you look at our, our situation right now uh, and you analyze what happened last year, and, and now that we understand when we're going to get back at it, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to think about it. And uh, to uh, to you know to to get this group ready, coaching staff basically uh, you know since I would uh, I went back to Philly for a week uh, la- the last couple weeks of of October, uh, we got together, we prepared what we knew was going to be a shorter camp with probably no exhibition games. I went back to Philly, I think it was three weeks ago for a couple more days, and everything's laid out. All we were waiting for was the go-ahead, and we finally got the go-ahead. You're going to have uh, – it's 12 days from now uh, till training camp. In the summer return to play, and I believe in the beginning of the year, you also kind of pared your group down pretty quick uh, to get you know the players that you knew were going to be on the team together, playing together. At that time, you had to learn systems. Is, is that likely how you'll kind of address this camp as well, uh, kind of make it a smaller group as quickly as possible? Because you only have the 10 days, and you're going to jump right into games. 
Yeah, the, the one thing, though, this year, and I think because of the condensed schedule, uh, this is going to be a, a season where more than ever you're going to need your depth. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking we're going to need 30 players to come in at some point uh, and, you know, contribute and help us win games. So uh, we're going to have 36 skaters at camp, uh, unlimited amount of goaltenders. So we're thinking of bringing four or five goaltenders. Uh, but what we're going to do is very quickly – uh, get that that group of of 36 understanding the system that uh, we want to apply, and I understand because of a, a, a condensed schedule, because of a shorter training camp and no exhibition game, without a doubt we're going to do a lot of scrimmaging. Uh, you know, guys have to you know get into game mentality, game mind, game hands, game legs, and uh, the, one of the best ways to do that is, is to scrimmage uh, with a purpose as close to what you can get to uh, instead of playing against uh, you know another team so uh, we we knew that this was going to be uh, what it would look like we we prepared for it back at the end of October just waiting for the date and now uh, we're ready we're anxious and uh, we're looking forward to jumping on the ice with our group on uh, January the 4th 36 goaltenders. Uh, I'll wait for my phone to ring because the goalie union is going crazy when they saw unlimited goaltenders. But anyway, <laughs> um, get, looking at some of these roster spots, battles that you have, you know, you moved on from a few players and Nate Thompson and Derek Grant and Tyler Pitlick, who I, I've always termed as a very honest player. You always knew what you were going to get from a guy, a veteran like Tyler Pitlick, but you don't have any of those exhibition games as you alluded to. So how much harder does that make the decision-making process for guys like Frost, like Lena Sandin, who's coming over, it could be a bottom six role player for you, Lashinsky, Bunneman, and others. How, how do you assess that? Is, is it based on performance in those scrimmages, knowing you're going to need them at some point? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's going to make everybody's situation different uh, and probably a little bit more challenging too. You know, uh, players won't have those exhibition games to uh, to show where they are in their growth and if they're ready to to step in and contribute and you know help a team win. So. I think there'll be a lot of moving parts uh, moving moving forward, and uh, there'll be decisions that we'll have to make as a team. But there is, you know, opportunity. Like you mentioned, uh, there's a couple of guys that have, have moved on. Uh, Matt Niskanen has moved on on the fence. So there is opportunity for spots and, and uh, a bigger role on our team right now. And uh, I, I want that good internal competition. I think that what, that, that's what brings the best in players and, and teams. So um, it'll be a little bit different, uh, but uh, we will. And when I say we, I mean myself and my coaching staff and, and Chuck and his personnel will make the decisions that we have to make uh, to put the best team on the ice. Uh, Elaine, when you look at the situation, it's a 56-game season. Uh, games, frankly, just mean more uh, in a 56-game season. You're going to play the same seven opponents uh, the entire regular season. And you look at this division in the East, boy, and it looks like, I mean, there's six teams in this division that are legit high-pedigree teams, plus two on the come, perhaps, in Buffalo and and maybe even the Devils. How important it's going to be for you guys to get off to, to a good start this season and not put yourself in a position to have to dig? Yeah, I, I think everybody going into camp this year is yeah. saying exactly that. You, you need to get off to a good start. And, you know, I look at our competition, and I just think that's going to be, bring the best out of us. you got to think that 
the way they're going to lay out the schedule, you'll be playing uh, usually, you know, two games against the same team, whether it's in our building or in their building. Uh, they might be a day in between, uh, but it's going to be competitive. It's going to be hard, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Fun for uh, for us, uh, you know, to find out uh, uh, the type of team that we are. Great for our fans. I'm looking. I'm sure they're looking forward to it, and, and I'm looking forward to having them at some point here uh, come back and and, and watch uh, watch our team play. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, we played some great hockey last year in front of our fans, and that's what we intend to do at some point here, hopefully in in the near future. Uh, but um, it's uh, it's about you know getting the most that you you can out of a shortened camp to get your team ready. And then there's no doubt that uh, it's going to be about getting better every day because, uh, you know, after an eight or nine skating days and then the season starts and, and those games mean something right off the hop, uh, the importance of, of players getting them, themselves ready for camp, making sure that they have a good camp and then we go is going to be huge. And uh, I'm going to trust uh, our, our team. I, I think that, uh, there's a lot of will there. There's a, there's there's a, a lot of uh, potential, and it's our job altogether to to work it and to get the maximum that we can out of this group. Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, JVR, and some other players did struggle a bit in the bubble to find their their complete game, get it kind of all dialed in. Maybe a bit snake bitten as well. Uh, those players have got to be the ones, Elaine, for you to lead the way in so many ways on the ice, off the ice. In talking with them, you know, during the off season, how confident are you that they've got themselves ready and they're ready to excel this season? Yeah, you know, I I think you know a lot of the guys and, and the, some of the names that you mentioned probably uh, you know happy with the, some of the steps that they took during the season. Uh, you know, you know, we became one of the the, the, the the top teams in the NHL in that second half of, of the season, and then. Uh, you know, the season was stopped abruptly there, but uh, probably uh, those names that you mentioned uh, were a little bit disappointed in how they played throughout uh, the playoffs. Still enable us to get to game seven, uh, one win away from, uh, you know, going to the final four. So they're probably looking at this like, uh, I know I can play better. I know I can contribute more. I know I can do more for this group. If I do that, then we, We'll take another step forward, and that's what we need this group to do. It's going to be hard to get into the playoffs, but we definitely know that we are a playoff team. And once we're there, with the the, the experience that we learned last year, uh, putting yourself because we have a lot of long, young players, yeah. uh, putting yourself through those games, through that pressure, um, through those expectations. Um, makes you a better player, makes you a better teammate, makes you a better individual, and they'll get another opportunity to prove that this year. And one of those players, Lane, was your goaltender, Carter Hart. You got to cut his teeth with some playoff experience and performed very well. And you got the unique schedule this year. We'll see that schedule in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm presuming more back-to-backs and maybe, you know, a couple of games in the same city as they limit travel a bit. But also the return of Brian Elliott and the experience that he has brought in that tandem works so well together. And then you couple that also with a guy like Alex Lyon, who's so mature. He's given you quality starts when he got in. He had a big win for you guys last year against Colorado which was obviously a really good team. Uh, that's got to be an area you feel very comfortable with in, in your, you know, what you're going to get out of your goaltenders in net. 
without a doubt, and, and we all know the importance of, of goaltending. Uh, you know, it's uh, one, uh, one, if not the biggest part of your game. Uh, you, you need that goaltending, and and I love the the duo of of Carter and and Bryant. There's a lot of respect there, and and you've got the veteran guy who uh, you know is is there to to help out our, our younger goaltender. Uh, they they without a doubt they both real they work real well together. Uh, Alex came in like you mentioned and gave us some big starts last year. So uh, I'm very confident about the, the dynamics of our goaltending. Uh, Carter, again, is still one of those young players that is improving, that is getting better. He went through, uh, without a doubt, some big games for himself and, and our team last year. And uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to doing even more and better this year. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you, you did lose Matt Niskin into the retirement. Um, in a lot of ways, he was a coach on the ice for you guys. His presence was far more impactful than the 60 minutes of the game. Uh, how do you address that loss of, of a player like Matt Niskin and on and off the ice and minimize what he gave the team last season? Yeah, well, you know, I'm expecting guys like uh, like Provi and, uh, and, and Sanheim and uh, Phil Myers to uh, you know, assume a bigger role, and uh, and 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 a guy like Provi to assume more leadership. Uh, he's ready for it. Uh, he wants it. Uh, there's no doubt that Matt was a, a huge part of our team. Uh, you know, on and off the ice. Uh, but you have to respect uh, his decision. And anybody that uh, you know was his teammate or coached him know knew that uh, you know if he wasn't capable of being all in, then uh, you know he was going to do something else and. You know, after last year, and the, uh, without a doubt, the, the, this COVID situation is a challenge on everybody, but it was a challenge on him and his family. He decided to go in another direction. But I believe that uh, we have the personnel and, and the people to assume that leadership and assume his role on the ice, and uh, they'll get an opportunity to prove it uh, come early uh, January. And it's all about the growth of the, of your, your upcoming players as well to fill those voids and take on that responsibility. It's the last question for you, Elaine. Um, you yep. brought so much to the team in year one. The overriding word a lot of us have used in the media or and just talking about the team is accountability. Last year was about accountability. And, and in camp, you, you use the term, be a fucking flyer, right? What is your message to the team on day one? What is the message this season to your group? Well, I believe that, uh, you know, we did take a step forward, but uh, we, we need to take that next step. We need to, to drive for the top. Uh, you know, you look at our group, you look at our team, uh, you look at that, uh, that youth and that potential, and it's our job as coaches and staff and, and players and, and teammates uh, to become the best that we can be. And if we do that, I really believe that we are a Stanley Cup uh, potential team obviously you know things have got to fall into place and, and this is a, a different year but everybody starts at the same place uh, with uh, a lot of hard work some good preparation uh, this group has a lot of potential and it's my responsibility as the head coach with my staff uh, to make sure that uh, we maximize what this group has and this group has a lot and that's what we're going to start to do on January the 3rd. And just because it's different doesn't mean that the, the accountability doesn't exist, right? Oh, no. I mean, the, the account, it's still an opportunity. This, this game, exactly, an opportunity. And and this is a, a great challenge for our group. Yes, it, it, it's it been different the last couple of years. 
but at the end of the day, it's a situation that we have in front of us. It's an opportunity to, to play the game we love, to compete for the Stanley Cup, and that's why we're all in this game. Yeah, and it's going to provide fans uh, a lot of enjoyment, and it's going to be in a very exciting year. And at the end of the line in July this year, they're still going to hand out that trophy that is so gorgeous and means so much, the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's the goal, of course. Elaine, um, I'm so glad you got to join us. I'm so glad the game is coming back as our Flyer fans. I want you to have a great holiday. Uh, I know it's difficult with the family and the limited ability to see, you know, parents and everything. And I know what your mom's going through. Uh, we're all thinking about you. We're hoping you have a great holiday. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll see you here in Philly and get this season underway. We're looking forward to it. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. Take care. Always great to catch up with AV, especially now that we know that we have a date for the 2021 NHL season, January 13th, not far off by any stretch of the imagination. Hockey at this point, people, is around the corner. Now, we have some more immediate hockey happening uh, kind of in advance of the NHL season. Usually it competes with the NHL season. Not this year. It's a primer, and it's an interesting primer for Flyer fans. Three Flyers prospects are involved in this year's World Junior Hockey Championships, uh, for Team Sweden, Emil Andre, he was the Flyers' second-round pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft. Yeah, he will be playing for Team Sweden on their blue line. But two players on Team USA. We heard from Cam York on Friday's episode from Quarantine. Also had a chance to catch up with Team USA forward Bobby Brink. He was a second-round pick of the Flyers in the 2019 draft. Here's my conversation with the sniper. Uh, happy to have join us once again all in advance of the World Junior Championships uh, happening in Edmonton. And Team USA, another member, joins us here on Flyers Daily from the University of Denver. He was the number 34 uh, overall pick in the second round of the 2019 NHL entry draft. Bobby Brink joins us. Bobby, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, as we're taping this, um, you are in quarantine. What's uh, quarantine been like for you? Um, it actually hasn't been too bad. Uh, we've been pretty busy uh, with team uh, Zoom calls and um, a few workouts, so uh, it's actually kind of flown by. Uh, did you bring an Xbox or anything? No, I didn't bring an Xbox, so it's been a lot of Netflix. Oh, anything good on Netflix that you're watching? Um, well, it's Canadian Netflix, so it's a whole new thing of movies. So I've been watching some Harry Potter, some, uh, some Unbroken. Oh, cool. Good stuff. I didn't realize like Netflix would be different in Canada than it is in the States. Uh, something you never think of, but you're finding that out firsthand. Um, you're getting ready for the, the WJC. Um, this tournament's awesome. I love it. It's one of my favorite tournaments of the year. And this year, even though I would love to have NHL hockey back and the Flyers back on the ice, uh, it's kind of getting a solo party. Um, you guys are going to have your first exhibition game coming up, and then it's all going to start on Christmas Day. What's it like anticipating and leading up to this this great tournament for you right now? Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's such a special tournament. You grow up watching it your whole life. So uh, it's really cool to uh, be participating in it. And um, I think everyone's really excited. Having the experience of being there last year, uh, you maybe didn't see as much ice time as you wanted to last year, but having the experience and uh, have, have been there and, and coming back for another run, uh, what can that experience teach you about this tournament and what it means, you know, coming up and, and better prepare you for uh, to do some really big things? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've experienced in the tournament now, uh, I've played in it before, so I'm feeling pretty confident coming in. Uh, I know what to expect and, um, uh, you don't get another shot at it. This is the last one for our age group. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. 
So many of the guys that you're going to, you said either this is the last kind of shot with team USA for uh, playing in, you know, as a junior level and with the NTDP, you've been with so many of these guys for so many years. What's that bond like with, with your fellow, you know, NTDP guys and, and your teammates for this world juniors? I played in the USHL in Sioux city for junior, but then I play uh, some tournaments and um, some of the end of the year stuff with NTDP. Um, what led you to the USHL? Why, why did you, why did, um, did that, was that the, the right route for you? I just felt like uh, I needed to challenge myself, uh, step up from high school hockey. Um, high school hockey in Minnesota is so special and so great, but uh, I just felt like it was time for me to move on and um, start trying to make a career out of hockey. Uh, yeah, people don't in, around here maybe don't understand what high school hockey means in Minnesota. It's kind of like Friday Night Lights football in Texas. Like it's a huge deal, packed arenas, the whole thing. Um, looking at your team this year, uh, how do you feel about the prospect of, you know, coming away with uh, some really nice hardware? Because, you know, Team USA for years, it was, hey, if we could just medal in this tournament, that would be great. But now the expectation with, you know, you and a lot of the other players that, you know, Spencer Knightback and Cam York, who's another Flyers prospect, is that, you know, when this when Team USA goes into this tournament, there should be the expectation to should be come away w- with the title. How do you feel about your group this year? Yeah, I think uh... – I think we're one of the most skilled teams, one of the most deep teams. I think uh, we probably got the best goaltending in the tournament. I think uh, it's become where uh, for USA hockey, it's gold or bust. And last year I thought we had a really great team too. And uh, it didn't work. It didn't happen for us. So I think we're all um, ready to take that next step and win gold this year. Does it feel different to you in any way, just because of, you know, the, the preparation for just hockey, life is totally different this past year, as, as you know, but just the preparation, because it's you know you're you're in quarantine as we're speaking, is so much different than it would be normally. Is that a, any kind of effect on on you or, or any of the players in your opinion? Yeah, it's a total different tournament this year. Uh, no one really knew what was going to happen with their season back on their home team. So, but everyone knew that this World Juniors was going to happen. So, uh, I think it was more preparation that goes into this tournament this year, and uh, more of expectations because this is the team that everyone knew they were actually going to get to play for and the tournament that was actually going to happen. Uh, that's one of those things too. Like, thank God this tournament's happened because you, you don't get an, another opportunity in, in your last year of eligibility. Uh, let me ask you this, Bobby, because I've always wondered this as a kid who grew up playing this sport and, you know, 1980 was so big for me. I'm 48 years old. I was born in 72. Um, but to, to put on a Jersey with your country's logo on it, you know, can you kind of like articulate what that's like, like what that means? Because I can't imagine like the kind of the pride that you feel in USA when it comes to hockey has always been a bit of an underdog that, you know, that's that mentality that, that unfortunately we've had, but what does that feel like when, when the first time you put on that Jersey to play in, in a tournament like this and to put it on again in your last opportunity to play, you know, best on best, what's it like to put that Jersey on for you? Yeah, it's incredibly special. Uh, it's a huge honor. Uh, it's a lot of pride that goes into it. Uh, I just describe it as uh, once you put it on, it's kind of uh, you'll do anything to win the game. You'll do anything uh, to represent your country and do what your team's asking of you. Uh, I think that brings a little bit extra adrenaline and a little bit extra energy to your game. And um, you kind of just you feel like you got your legs even more than usual. Yeah, it's like the weight of a country kind of behind you, like kind of pushing you along as well um 
as you're preparing and going through your journey since you were drafted back in the 2019 NHL entry draft, what feels like a decade ago at this point, because 2020 feels like it's been three years. But uh, when you look back from, from the time you were drafted by the Flyers and kind of working on your game as, you, as you're you know taking your game through, through the ranks and through the next levels, what have you been working on to get yourself closer and closer to making that debut in the NHL? Yeah, I thought that uh, the thing that I could improve most in my game was uh, my skating. And uh, I had a lot of time to work on that over this last quarantine and over the COVID years. So I think that it's improved a lot and it's uh, actually become uh, a good part of my game. And I think that um, uh, I had a lot of time to work on it and it's actually uh, helped me a lot. Uh, when you say working on your skating, it's so interesting because like, like I've watched you a decent amount and I, I didn't ever looked at it as you were a bad skater, but a different skater. Um, has there been just kind of some aesthetic things that they want to like kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of clean up or make more efficient in your stride and the way you kind of move up and down the ice? Yeah, I think efficient is a good word. Uh, I think that I really focused on the technical and power skating side um, of the game. And I think that um, it has made me a more efficient and I think a faster straight line skater. Okay. Because I always looked at it and go, yeah, it's different, but I don't know that it's like, like it. I think some people looked at it and go, well, it's not good, but I, I didn't see it that way. To me, it seemed like you still got the spots and you still were able to score. Um, you're known as a scorer. Uh, how much time did you spend as a, you know, your younger self working in the garage, just shooting pucks or shooting pucks at the garage door or whatever it was, because the release you have is, is pretty lethal. Yeah, my uh, dad always had a great setup for me, uh, and it was always a easy access thing to work on. So felt like I shot a lot of pucks when I was younger, especially, and uh, put in a lot of work on uh, my release and my wrist shot. And I think that it's uh, really transferred over well and helped me a lot. One of the things I like to do on this podcast is because um, there's there's kids that are players that that listen as well. Their dad listens, and then they start listening and. I always like to provide tips in there. So when you're working on your shot on dry land, not on ice, and you're talking about your release, uh, how are you doing that? Are you changing angles of release, pulling it into your body to release at different points? Uh, what is kind of what you would do that, that that made you into a really good shooter and by virtue, a really good scorer? Um, I think that I, I did a lot of different uh, drills on it. I think that, there's a couple different things you can focus on. Um, I really focused hard on changing the angle of my shot. I think it's such an important thing to be good at now. Um, I worked a lot on quick release, uh, getting the shot off quickly, and uh, being, able, being able to hit your corner and pick any corner you want at any time. Did, uh, you know, one of the, you're so right because the goaltenders are so good that if you're predictable in where your release is, then they're, they're going to eat you alive. Uh, you also moving the puck around and the release points on the blade of your stick? Um, I try to shoot it off the toe. I think that's how sticks are made now is Snap. that uh, you're going to get the best uh, release for your, for your shot if you're shooting it off the toe. So uh, I've actually been focusing a lot on that lately and trying to um, uh, do that more often and um, lean on my stick a little bit more. Yeah, and then you get use that flex to really snap it even even harder. Um, the backhand is one for goalies that is really difficult to read. 
Uh, is, is that something working on backhand is no fun, right? <laughs> it's, it's not a fun no. shot to work on, but uh, is that something that you look to, to bring into your game? Uh, yeah, I, I feel I have a, a good backhand shot and uh, I use a little bit of a straighter curve that allows me to handle the puck and shoot on my backhand better. Um, my dad always emphasized working on my backhand a lot. So I felt like throughout my entire life, I, I've done a lot of backhand work and I think that it helps you a lot. And it's a, a very important thing to have in your game. Was, was that either a, a goalie or a really good hockey player? Uh, yeah, my dad played uh, Division One at the University of Minnesota. Okay, so so he knows what he's talking about. He's not just some schlub dad that's a hockey dad. No, he he played. He he was a good player too, so he he knows what he's talking about. Does he still get out there on the ice? Maybe on the yeah, lake. He still gets out there. Yeah, he and you can tell he was a good player. You can tell he has a lot of skill to his game. So uh, obviously he he knew what he was talking about, and uh, he knows what it takes. Um, the tournament's coming up. You're going to start against Russia on Christmas night. Um, not only to start the tournament on Christmas, which is cool, um, but knowing that the NHL is not going on, it's going to be broadcast nationally on the NHL network around the country. Uh, it's kind of kick off to serious, serious hockey here in the, in the United States and North America. And, and then to be playing Russia, what's that moment going to be like to, to get, you know, warm walk out for warm ups for that game and then get ready to go and take on Russia for the first game of the tournament. Yeah, it's going to be an incredibly special moment. There's going to be a lot of energy in the building, even without fans, knowing that um, pretty much every person that has access is turning in, tuning into the game tonight, and uh, it's really the only sporting event going on. So, yeah, it's going to be really cool. I think that um, both teams will be really excited, and it'll be a high-paced, high-energy game. Um, last thing for you, do you anticipate turning pro after this year? Is that something that, that, that you're considering? Um, it's kind of something that I don't really try to think about. Uh, I kind of just try to stay right now uh, in the moment and um, try to have the best season I can at the University of Denver and develop as much as I can in my game. Um, you know, you don't really know what uh, the perfect path is, whether that's staying another year, another two more years at Denver or it's turning pro. And um, so I just kind of, when it comes to the point to decide, I think that's, when you kind of start thinking about it consideration for another day, you got hockey to focus on now. I understand. Yeah. All good. <laughs> Just trying to get a little nugget there from you, Bobby. <laughs> no good. No worries. Um, hey man, best of luck in the tournament. I, I know it's going to be a blast for you guys and it'll be different obviously with no fans because um, this is 2020 and this is the, the hand that we're dealt. But um, uh, everybody here, you know, stateside is going to be, be rooting for you guys to, to do something special, and that'll all begin on Christmas night. Thanks for taking the time. Best of luck in the tournament. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. Special thanks to Bobby Brink. He's one of those players that's got a little air of mystery around him. His We talked about it in the interview. His skating stride is something that was often criticized. Um, it is a different skating stride, uh, but he's done a lot of work to to make it more efficient and so he can have success at the NHL level. Here's what we know. He's got incredible hands, and he can score. So I think Flyer fans are going to be excited once he does get to the National Hockey League. And you can look for Team USA kicking off their tournament with with the first game that matters coming up on the evening of Christmas. So Friday evening, uh, they'll be taking on Team Russia. And Askari Askarov, the great goaltender for Russia, that'll be their first opponent coming up on Friday evening. In the meantime, everybody, have a great holiday. 
Have a great Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Have a great holiday, whatever you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, We appreciate you all listening. The greatest gift has been this podcast and being able to share it with all of you. Uh, As you know, I've always had a huge passion for the sport of hockey, for the Flyers as an organization, and to be able to do this uh, every day. And we'll get back to being daily here very soon when training camp starts. But to have the opportunity to do this has been a great gift to me. And you listening to it and your loyalty to it has been as well. It's much appreciated. Have a great holiday. We'll talk to you on Monday's episode of Flyers Day.